What is up, everybody? It is Sunday night, Easter day. Happy Easter, by the way. And yes, things are running a little bit different tonight on the TXR podcast. The amazing invader had to have the night off, and I was put in control of the show. So hopefully um, it's not like the inmates are running the asylum right now without invader. But without further ado, I am Centurion1307, and here is Downer. Mr. Centuria, great intro, by the way, buddy. How you doing? Not too bad, man. What you been playing? Oh, I just passed the Resident Evil. I did a pretty good job. 16 deaths. It took me about five and a half hours to beat, but and I had a chance to beat Ori over the over the last couple of days. So I got some gaming in, man. But ready right, to go. Right on. I've been kind of plugging away at Mafia 3 and uh Journey to the Savage Planet and yeah, getting into a subject later tonight. They got an expansion coming out for that, and that's actually pretty cool. Yep. Happy uh, Passover to Mr. Mike. I th- appreciate him coming <laughs> on the show. Thank and you happy Easter to you two clowns, Mr. Shockley and <laughs> Centurion. Yeah, happy Easter, guys. Yes, the delay of the show tonight, ladies and gentlemen, is we took a second to reach out to another <laughs> member of the gaming community, Mike Mullis from NLG Podcast. Oh, it's great to be here. Thanks. I mean, this is literally within like five minutes. Like, <laughs> surreal. Yeah, yeah. Jeremy, he DM'd me and said, hey, uh, you want to be on TXR tonight? <laughs> so, of course. I had to ask my wife, though, but she's going to bed early, so I'm good. I'm good. That's not, that sounds God. good, actually, going to bed. I'm pretty tired. I know. So. I know. But, I've but hey. Been, I've kind of been lazy all day, and I think it was like the seven deviled eggs I ate, but... Uh, every time. Yeah. Oh my gosh! And I'm I have really bad gas, so if you guys hear some weird stuff through the uh, oh wow. through the yeah, <laughs> no. Oh my goodness! And finally, we got Shockley still at home working remotely and playing Nintendo. He's yeah. I mean, Is he set okay. Final Fantasy the new the remake or the oh actual? yeah? I've, I've just downloaded the, oh. the remake last night. Nice. Oh, wow. Now I'm actually, yeah. So man. that's pretty cool. Uh, I think it got past the first like intro that's iconic with Final Fantasy. So that's been pretty cool. The combat's really sick. Um, Does um, it deserve yeah. all the hype? Because that game is like, I was on bestbuy.com mm-hmm. this morning and it was sold out. Like every version of that game is sold out right now, at least on bestbuy.com. Yeah, that's what I'm hearing that it's like kind of has that stagger system, which I think was in either Final Fantasy 13 or 15. Um, but this, I guess, from a, what I'm hearing, is a lot more in depth. It's not as simple. Yeah, the stagger was on the. For, it was first on the online uh, game. Oh, okay. Uh, to my to my recollection, so uh, I tried to buy the um, the collector's edition, and within like five minutes, those fucking things were sold out. Yeah, you can't touch them at all. Yeah, I, I kind of stopped playing Animal Crossing because it's just like I get d- discouraged from playing it because I see everybody <laughs> that time travels and like cheats in the game. Right. So it's like, wait, they have this whole city and I I can't even get a shovel yet. I'm like, I don't even. Oh, um, I'm still trying to get plans for that. I'm like, not to sound naive, but me and my wife actually watch some stuff on uh, Animal Crossing because of all you guys talking about it. Um, what exactly is this time traveling thing? You, you just go. You yeah. have to go out of the game and like turn off the game or whatever, and then go to your system clock and say, yep. "Hey, it's tomorrow." Or so okay, there's. So uh, you're manipulating the actual clock in the console. Yep. Yeah, the game is meant to be played like as like 
real life, whatever time it is, whatever day it is in real life, that's the day. So it's supposed to like over time, you're supposed to accumulate things like that. But they're like just jumping. Oh, no, it's been years. I've been playing Animal Crossing for years. And now I have this whole. It's just like, I don't even want to play it because I don't want to play it that way. But it's like Jean-Claude Van Damme made a movie like this. (laughs) It's how how you get in trouble. Yeah, exactly. Oh, but man. that's been around since the old GameCube. Yeah, since GameCube. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah. But so. pe- you didn't see other people's stuff as much. Now it's like you see it all over Twitter. It's just like, well, fuck. What the fuck am I doing? <laughs> and Mike, just to let you know, Centurion has no idea who Tom Nook is. Tom Nook is a salesman in oh, uh, Animal Crossing. Here we go. You don't. You don't get we the. We had to tell you, Centurion. No, I had to Google it. You didn't tell me nothing. <laughs> dude, at least you were honest about it. Yeah. Right. Oh, dude, he was like, who's Tom Nook? I'm like, I don't know who Tom Nook is. Should I be trusting this guy? He's got a weird name. Yeah. So, anyways, it's actually interesting that uh, Shockley brought up Final Fantasy VII, <clears throat> which is only currently a PlayStation exclusive. Speaking of PlayStation, did anybody see the uh, reveal of the DualSense controller? Yes, we did. Yeah. I seen the yeah. uproar on Xbox and uh, ponies fighting it out one on one. It grew a uh, Xbox chromosome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's definitely been some uproar. It, it, it's actually kind of interesting because there's actually articles like one on CCN. Uh, the that. PS, yeah, the PS5 controller love fest must be insanely embarrassing for Xbox. But meanwhile, we got on Tech Radar over here, the other opposite of the fence here. The DualSense PS5 controller packed with fancy features, but they won't get used. I saw that. <laughs> so it's like you, all you over know what? the place. You know what? I, first party is going to go hard on using those features. But as far as uh, third party, no, it's going to be non-existent. You know, I really like... I really like how the uh, the look of the design. It's various. It's a slight change to uh, the original DualShock Four. I think even more impressive are its features. Even you know, even though it didn't speak of all of them, uh, back when Sony introduced the DualShock Four, um, the speaker and the controller is what really impressed me. Even though it was kind of a gimmick. Um, it provided, you know, at least for myself anyways, a unique experience. And, you know, if you guys ever played Alien Isolation, for example, instead of the scanner beeping through the TV, um, it beeped through the controller. So now imagine uh, that built-in microphone, uh, you know, is just beeping all, and it kind of creates another sense of te- uh, tension. So I think along along with that, uh, with the 3D audio tech that Sony has built into the PlayStation 5, um, I also think the built-in microphone uh, array is a brilliant idea for quick chats. Um, It's kind of like a walkie-talkie type feature. Uh, You see all the memes going around social media of uh, Xbox fan poking at fun of the design itself. And vice versa, you know, everybody says the PS5, PS5 controller, PS4 controller, DualShock is superior than the Xbox, uh, the Xbox controller. But, you know, it's just like it goes for a wildfire on, on social media, and I think it's funny. 
Uh, so now that they've got their own built-in microphone, is it going to be like when cell phones actually put speaker phones in them? Everybody was like walking around like forever with on speakerphone. Oh, so yeah. now we're just going to see everybody walking around holding conversations on their. It's going to be like color. the Connect. Like you would know the people that would use the Connect as their mic. Yep. So you're just going to know. You're like, oh, are you using your controller for your mic? Yeah. Can you switch that? <laughs> That's what it's going to be. Uh, you know, I don't think it's going to be quite like that, but I think. Um... Uh, you'd have to push a button for it to actual activate and for you to speak into the uh, to mic to the it mic. Tells me a mic they is not coming in the box. Yeah. No. Yeah, they're not going to do it because it's going to be compatible with all the all of your standard stuff. I mean, the you know you talked about the the speaker. I remember another game that really used that well, and it was Gravity Rush Two. Oh yeah, was, uh, I remember that one. When you're going when you're kind of uh, going down into the mining area and you hear. Your convert, you know, like the the, um, I know the conversations yeah. from from up above, and it's coming through the speaker instead of yep. coming through. Yeah, like stuff like that was really cool. The, yeah. you know, the the thing is that, um, the controller itself looks great. Um, yeah, I like the design. I, I don't. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, one thing that I did not see. So you know they move the the light bar, right? So they yep. move the light bar from the yep. from the back of the controller to the sides. Well, people complain people complained of the light getting, you know, shining on your TV and stuff like that. So I I know. Yeah. Mike, but they did not answer a question of whether you could turn that light off. Oh, thank so, God somebody brought that up. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that thing is a power drain. Yeah, I think I, you can turn I it off on the PS4. Mine. No, you cannot. I dimmed sure? mine. Oh. Yeah, I. You can dim it, but you can't uh, turn okay. it off. You can turn off the speaker, I think, on the PS4. Yes, the speaker. You yeah. Turn well, off. you can do that through the options. So yeah. some games that use utilize the feature, you could turn off the speaker and the options, and that's how it works. And but yes, yeah. born distracted. You damn right. I'm drinking tonight. It's not my podcast. Nice. <laughs> you know, considering the world is going to end, I'd fucking Why drink not? too. But even yeah. though I don't drink. I got me a Guinness uh, blonde. They got a good uh, blonde. Oh, nice. Uh, I am a Yingling guy, and I like the light just because of the taste. The the regular Yingling is just a little heavier, so the light is kind of just kind of a perfect taste. And I think it goes well with uh, you know, Invader always says grab a cold one and you know start listening. So there yeah. you go, Mike. Yeah. All you. Oh, yeah. You definitely can't do the TXR podcast without a cold one in your hand, alcoholic or non-alcoholic. There we go. Centurion, I got to hear your thoughts on that controller because I, you know, I seen you dabble a little bit back and forth with a couple of Sony guys. Oh, God. Here we go. Okay. So for starters, (laughs) we all know I'm a multi-console owner. I I prefer Xbox just because it just... All my friends are there. The environment is more active for me on PlayStation. I feel like I am alone, but I guess that's because I never made friends there. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, on to the controller. When you guys were talking about the speaker, one thing I do like about the controller is the actual speaker. Uh, playing Days Gone, uh, the audio logs would come through the speaker. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember one of my first um actual i didn't i totally forgot there was a speaker in the controller until i bought horizon zero dawn and you go and click on the scanner and the whole and the Mm. thing puts off this tone when Mm -hmm. you click on the scanner and i remember the first time i did that because 
I came home. It was late at night. I put the game in and I was playing it and my wife was sleeping next to me and that thing went <laughs> off and she was like, what the hell was that? <laughs> Did so you play had, Death huh? Stranding? Uh, Death Stranding? No, I have not. A lot of people turned it off because of the crying. Yeah, the baby. Oh, really? oh yeah, that, that whenever freaked the baby me out. Oh, yeah, I heard like when the kids started screaming, you had to like rock the controller and then all of a sudden it became a baby. Yep. Okay, yep, absolutely. Yeah, that's definitely something I would probably more than likely turn off myself purely because I'm not just going to start frantically trying to rock a baby in the middle of the night. Or, I well, don't you, know, know. you know what I did is I shook the controller as hard as I could like <laughs> I was strangling the baby. <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding. All of a sudden, I got to oh, put a disclaimer man. on the show that says Stop it. Yes. views do not represent the views and opinions of the TXR. Right, yeah. So my... Uh, <laughs> My my co-host uh, John Technofabulous says in MLB the show, um, it makes really good use of that of that controller speaker as well. See now that's one thing I want to say is the controller speaker is awesome, but that touchpad, I'm gonna be really a, I'm I'm a little confused on it. I thought it would be a little bit more utilized than what it is, and most well, most I of think, the stuff I'm I sorry, see, yeah. I was just gonna say the pad is just. It's almost like the most used I've out of what I've seen out of it, anyways, was like in Days Gone, like you had to tilt it multi directions to kind of move through the menus. But I haven't really seen that actual touchpad used very heavily in very many games. No, it's no, used for like. Good, go, go ahead, Mike. I was gonna say no, I've seen it in a couple games too. Uh, you know, you can it. It's primarily used as a for touchscreen or. or you know, mouse kind of games where you, you where know, you you're sure dirt off of yeah. something or yeah, yeah exactly. So I, I have seen, I've seen it for, for bringing up maps. Now, I, now the one place where I have seen it used pretty decently is in VR games. So if you're, so a couple of games where you might need to flick something at the, at the, at, yeah. you know, ahead of you, you could use the, the controller to kind of flick something up from, I've seen it for that. But otherwise, it's just you click it to bring up a map. That, that's the and that's and that's if you don't have those sticks or I don't know what kind of controller there are. It, it is with the little light at the end when oh the move VR, yeah the move. There you go. Now so. let's bring up the number one feature that's being touted about this controller: haptic feedback. Do you think that's something groundbreaking, or is that something that's kind of like you know have they 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 should have already done this? Uh, I think they should have already done it. I, I know they made some design changes to the PlayStation 5 controller. Uh, I think it's a little bit larger than than the DualShock 4. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's a big difference because when you're driving, like, you know, let's say you're driving through like mud in, in a racing game, it feels, you know, I'm not saying it feels like driving through mud, but it gives that feeling like you're actually driving through mud. Uh, so there's different things you can do with the game, you know, as far as haptic feedback. Absolutely. It's not the first to have it, though. No. The Elite controller, I believe, had it. The original? Um, I'm looking. I, don't, I, don't think, I think they're uh, like they have impulse like triggers, so it's not well, as. Uh, so here's what it here, I, and I can't tell if this is the <clears throat> I think this might be the first one because one of the uh, one of the button mapping. um one of the button mapping uh, examples they use is Mass Effect Andromeda. Yeah. Um, so under haptic feedback, it says features impulse triggers and rumble motors. Motor control can be adjusted in app and 
it says in supported games. So what the what the difference between that and what I think what Sony was trying to do with haptic feedback with the dual sense is also put it in the in the the face buttons. Now, how that's going to work, mm-hmm. I'm not sure. There's definitely adaptive triggers, but I, I remember, and I don't know if that's still in the design, but they wanted to try to do that with the, with the, um, the, the face buttons as well. And I think for, uh, for you know the first party lineup, I think that's a great experience. However, you know, you're not going to see it in the pro gaming circuit or <laughs> you know some of these haptic feedback. The Switch um, has it, and it's like never used. Right, right. Yeah, I'm to switch, and that's it. <laughs> I'm liking all the comparisons that are floating around. How they're comparing the PS5 controller to the Xbox One controller that has the share button on it, and you know, I will say the Xbox One controller they could have went and kind of reinvented the wheel and made a, a more glorious looking controller, but I feel like Microsoft had their their kind of sets more centered on the console itself and not worried about trying to create like a new kind of controller for their console. I, I don't know. I find each controller just kind of, to me, a controller is a controller at the end of the day. You know, if you really want a premium experience, we all can look at, you know, we have the elite controller on the Microsoft Mm -hmm. side and we have the Astro controller on the PlayStation side. And I've even thought about buying one of those for my PlayStation just because it looks like a more comfortable controller. And you know what? I do like the speaker functionality, though. That's the that's the one selling point for me, it's, and it's probably yeah. a selling point for Sony as well, because when you're playing a game and you hear a different uh, kind of sound coming through those controllers, it's a different. It creates a different experience. So, um, yeah, it's it's for Sony's benefit. All righty. So, speaking of new controllers. Xbox had some new things to show us in their new um, sh- episode of X. The, oh my God, I can never remember that show. <laughs> Inside Xbox. Inside Xbox. There we go. See, uh, first show That's ever hosted. Nobody there watches this. Why? <laughs> I will definitely say. You, you no. Know, okay, go ahead. Go ahead. I was I, just going to say, I have <laughs> skipped a lot on Inside Xboxes, but this whole situation with everybody doing stuff from home remotely and having a lot more time on our hands and not able to go outside and do stuff that's more entertaining you know it was just like i I have to tune in and i was also uh interested in grounded i don't care what nobody says i understand that it's not exactly the game everybody was asking for but it looks like something that me and my wife can play together and we are totally interested in this game and and you know what i'm with you because the centurion uh you know the grounded game looks great and it's gonna be great. Obsidian makes it uh, again. They're they're one of these publishers and developers that uh, really haven't made a bad game, in my opinion. But yeah, so well, and it's something different for Obsidian too. I mean, I, I I'm trying to remember what they've done like this. I mean, they're they're you know their big their big title is Wasteland. Yeah. Um, they're you know that they're known for that style of game. So grounded is something really different, and it's yeah, what they, they need. They, you know, yeah, they've never created something like grounded ever. So no. you're absolutely right, and I think look, it's great look, because it speaks to. I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say, let's be honest. Has there really been a game like grounded ever done before? I mean, like it, like there's concepts that you can match it to, but it actually almost in the scale, kind of in a in itself, looks unique. 
every game, give or take, has something in it that's been done before. But I hear what you're saying, and I yeah. I agree with you to a certain extent. But yeah, I mean, as far as the con the game concept, yeah, it's never been done before. No, it is something new, and and that's you know, isn't that what? Isn't that what everybody's been clamoring for is something new, something different, something we need a new IP. You know, you hear this all the time. Xbox needs, you know, new IPs. Mm -hmm. Well, here you are. Yeah. Here's it. Now, granted, it's not a it's it's not a bro shooter. So I don't know, <laughs> you know. Well, it, so look, I, I it this is the this is the thing that that uh, since since we're talking to a to a uh, primarily Xbox um, uh, demographic here, and, and I got, hey, I'm I'm one of those guys who grew up, not grew up, but I spent the last you know twenty years playing on mm -hmm. an Xbox too. Yeah, the the this this crazy idea that that in one hand we need new IPs, but in the other hand, well, it can't be something like Grounded. That's this kitty game. You can't have it both ways, guys. Yeah. This looks like a great game to me, uh, and yeah. something that you're right. You know, it's it, it's something that you could play with your kids, but you might just have a fun time on it just on your own. I'm hoping. I know it's not going to be as fast as fluid as say Fortnite with the building, con you know, the building uh, concept behind it, but at least make it accessible to where it's fast enough to where you can do and do fun things, and you could build fun things. And have a good time doing it. But if it's gonna that building is gonna be a chore, we're gonna have some problems. So well, speaking of accessibility, Obsidian said in that thing on the show that they are making the game not only accessible in multiplayer, but they also want the game to be accessible for those who choose to play the game solo. Oh, nice. Right. So I, mean, I was looking at I was looking at some of the screenshots, and it's it's it, I think that. You know, what they describe is base building and crafting. So you know that there's going to be a little bit of complex complexity to to it. I don't think it's just going to be like, uh, you know, you mentioned Fortnite, which, which is a different game. But, I mean, it's not like you can, you're can you going to be running along and can just build yourself a hotel in five seconds. I think you – this, this almost seems like – see, here's where Obsidian brings in some of the Obsidian, that, that, that RTS – um, it's almost like this is going to be a mix of, um, a, a, a less complex RTS than what you're used to with say a wasteland combined with some Strat sort of strategy, right. Sure. And, and yeah. open world, um, you know, open world gameplay. I, I'm, I'm of, of all the things I saw, that's, it's a game that I am, that I'm very interested in. No doubt. You could see the complexity in just how, like, if you go to that one at part of uh, Inside Xbox where they talk about you want to play the game armored up and just go fight everything, do it. If you want to play stealth, do it. But when you see them show those different character designs, the, the armor is totally different. Obviously, if you play any kind of uh, RPGs, you know, heavy armor is more cumbersome and noisy than light armor. And mm -hmm. so if you're going for a stealth tactic, you got to use light armor. And I've kind of from some of the previews, it looks like they're actually incorporating concepts like that into the game. Well, you and know, you know, because Obsidian's big, it's going to be RPG decked out to the top, oh, yeah. to the max. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to happen. 
Oh, but it also looks like it's probably going to more than likely bleed into your base building as well. You're probably going to have very mediocre base building skills. And as you play the play the game, you're going to upgrade them and you'll probably be able to get blueprints and different stuff and be able to build things totally out of your, you know, and at that point you can make it to where you would have to, inv you know, um, your friend is able to make better turrets than you. So you could yeah. have it to where you invite them over to your base. So your friend can build these turrets onto your base. Cause you haven't got to that point yet. And that's why I think this game's going to be a hit. If they can make it accessible enough for you to build, play and have a good time while there's deep RPG elements in the game. Uh, it's definitely going to be a hit. So most definitely. Um, oh. But as far as inside Xbox, um, I know we got <laughs> off to off topic a little bit, but as far as that goes, I still feel like they're missing the mark with these uh with the uh live events because yeah. I think every single Xbox fan watches these shows hoping something new and exciting uh is gonna happen and it just doesn't. You know, and I, I'm one of those guys where I keep watching and I hope it's gonna be exciting. Uh but they just they needed a new refresh and I hope it's coming, but I doubt it. I do like how uh the last campfire looks. Uh the creators mm -hmm. of No Man's Sky. That looks like an interesting game. It's kind of a journey-esque type game. Um, but yeah, overall I think grounded looks like it's gonna be a great and fantastic title. Um now, do you think it's a little sorry to interrupt you? I was just gonna ask, do you think it's a little right? I understand in the past, Microsoft has not been known for showing us what we want to see and giving mm -hmm. us the content we're kind of clamoring for. But at the same time, can you hold them to that standard right now of you got to give us, uh, you know, great things, even though if you really look at this inside Xbox, everybody's stuck at home. Yeah, because with the exception of Ori 2, what has Xbox done? You know, if you think about it, uh, I think Game Pass... Uh, you know, right now there's currently no reason to get people excited over Game Pass other than its value. Mm, you know, and it, I, well, what see, game, uh, Mike? What games on there you think so, that well, sell Game Pass? So, for starters, I'm gonna go with with uh, Yakuza, which is a okay. game that has been you know um, held away from uh, from Xbox gamers for a very long time. And um, I, I do think it does attract some of the hardcore. You're absolutely right. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, I, it, so if you go back to and you look at the announcements they made on Inside Xbox this past one. And and by the way, mm -hmm. just as an aside, um, on our on our show last Thursday, we had um, Rikari Austin on who was mm -hmm. part of that show. And um, I, I will tell you without getting into details, he shares uh, he shares some of that that concern um as do i about yeah. the inside xbox as a whole yeah um and especially on the day when they knew sony was going to talk about their controller because the xbox twitter feed kind of pre-responded to them yeah they 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 had a they had a chance to 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 say something and didn't now yeah. you got to remember that the the you know, Ori is in Game Pass, right? That's what um, I said, with the exception you know, of Ori. Well, Journey um, to the Savage. One. Yeah. Journey to the Savage Planet is now there, 
which I understand is a fantastic game. Uh, I have yet to meet somebody that has not played that game. Like this game is trash. There's people are like, that game doesn't look like it's for me. And the minute they play it, they're like, this game's awesome. It's an awesome game. I'm hearing that, you know, um, you know, NBA 2K is in there. Um, uh, you know, uh, near automata is in there, which yeah, I am going to, I got to get, I got to get mm. rolling on because I missed it on the, on the PlayStation. And, uh, I mean, and, and here's the thing. I, I'm like one of the biggest advocates for game pass. I've always been for two reasons. Number one, I, I have a wife and three kids. My disposable mm-hmm. income is about like this. So nine times out of 10, I'm going to hold off on a game because I think it's going to come to Game Pass. So I held off on, for example, Ace Combat 7, mm-hmm. and it's in Game Pass. You know, I, it's just stuff like that. Eventually, Doom Eternal is going to be in there. Why? Because Bethesda and, and Microsoft are Doom's already in there. Fallout's how, how, in there. And how about, Doom's already in there. I want to kind of add on to what you said. How about this for everybody to kind of like, you know, fester in their brain? I bought Journey to the Savage Planet last week. I did too. <laughs> so I, I, well, I didn't buy it last boot, week. I, do, I bought it day one. Oh, okay. So you like, but I bought it last week on sale. And like, yeah, this is going to be awesome. Now it's in Game Pass. Am I mad? No, because at the same no. time, in the back of my no. mind, that game is now part of my digital library and it's always going to be there, whether it's in Game Pass or not. Yep. You know, my friend Pedro is in there, which I understand is a fantastic game. Um, uh, what else is in there? I, I just finished playing uh, Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. Oh, that's um, a fantastic game. Oh, my God. That yeah. really is. Great so, game. So, you know, Outer Wilds, Outer Worlds, every, you know, don't forget, too, Plague's you want to play Bleed- yeah. Plague's Tale, Bleeding Edge. Uh, there is a ton of games in Game Pass if you really... You, All right, you, Centurion, erase what I said. No, but, <laughs> no actually, I want to add on to that because here's the other thing that, like, you know, if you want to think about it, right now we're in the middle of a crisis where people aren't exactly free to go out of their homes and go freely shopping carefree. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these places that actually sell physical media like games and movies, you can't even go into these stores. You got to know what you want and they'll hand it to you at the door. So let's look at a consumer that's been stuck at home. They're just now getting back in to gaming and they're they finding out about money yeah exactly mm-hmm. or they might have money in the bank but they don't want to use it because of all the uncertainties that are going on with our economy and now yeah. they're finding out they can get this game pass uh, subscription for a dollar if they're new or if you're not new to it you can yep. get it for 15 dollars a month which is still a steal and you'll have access to this entire library of games that do change and updates new things come in and out and so therefore you don't have to worry about leaving your home to go try new games and i understand you can buy these games digitally but unless it's like the xbox spring sale some of these games you know are a full 60 bucks mm-hmm. that's a hundred percent right now yep yeah how about you shockley you're being quiet <laughs> no i think i, mean, I think, a, I think, I think, I think it's, it's a busy deal final fact <laughs> <laughs> no well that's why i've been trying to in between right there um no but i think it's a a great deal like i think people are saying like with kind of like games like grounded they're like well see this is the problem with game pass it's just destroying their quality i'm like a lot of those were pre-development already in you know about yep. to come out would have came out yeah. grounded would have came out to multi-plat um and then you look at Gears, and that's one of their main sticking points um, because of some of the DLC. And I'm like, the, the last game charged you for map packs. All of the Gears have charged you for map packs, splintering the player base, things that actually affect gameplay because 
you can't play with your friends with the same maps. Um, and also they took out uh, the loot boxes, which would get you to spend more money on getting some of the other stuff faster. I know I did on the Gears 4. Um, I haven't played Gears 5 in a while. They took out the loot boxes, huh? There never was loot boxes in Gears 5. They took them out from Gears 4. Or they, oh. they were in Gears 4, oh, okay. but they took them out in Gears 5. The only one that launched mm. in Game Pass Day 1. So I'm like, I don't really see the... Uh, what do you call it? The comparison or the uh, correlation mm-hmm. between Game Pass really affecting games negatively? Because I don't know. Well, I they also don't see don't, it there. <laughs> they also don't stay in there forever either. Don't forget that. Right. Everything is so first party. Out. I think. I don't think. Yeah. First, first party. First, first party will be there. there. Right. First party will be there probably forever. But third party game. I mean, Shenmue came in and out. Um, yeah, it's usually like a year. It looks like. Yeah, I forgot what I forgot what was coming out uh, at the end of this month. But I mean, it's there's you you you've got to you got to play them while you can. Well, you also like Square Enix uh, last year. I believe it was at um, um, the XO event. They revealed a Square Enix that a majority of the Final Fantasy games are going to end up in uh, Game Pass uh, going yes. forward sometime this year. So they're actually getting a massive amount of content, and they've also got Fantasy Star Online. They've la- launched the uh, perks program, so now you're actually getting uh, DLC uh, perks for some of these games. Not to mention, you're actually getting full blown DLC. We speaking talked about, fa- yeah. yeah. Speaking of Fantasy Star, it's doing great for the Xbox, and I think uh, Sega and and uh, are, they're really happy with the product they put out. Is it only on Xbox still, or is it on PC too? It's on PC, but Western I think version. the yeah, I, yeah, so. But now, so going back onto what Downer said earlier, you're definitely saying that they need to uh, kind of step it up on uh, inside Xbox and Xbox in general. Yep. All right. Yeah, I, I just think, um, you know, as far as they're missing the mark when it comes to like uh, big announcements and they don't have to release a lot of information. You know, it's a give or take kind of thing where they can say something about some new news about, uh, you know, series X and make, and get some attention that way. And that's what I'm talking about. It's all about building the brand. And as you can see, Xbox up to this point, especially this year has done a good job, uh, releasing stuff on a weekly basis. I think Phil recognizes that. And I think, um, you see him, uh, releasing stuff on a weekly basis to kind of get the base excited and I think uh, inside Xbox needs to follow the same suit. You know what I mean? So that's all I'm saying. All right. Well, now it's interesting. We're saying that they need to step it up with inside Xbox and also starting to show some more games. Um, credible industry insider <clears throat> Shinobi602 on Reset Era recently came out and made a comment saying, it's not my place to give details, and my username would be plastered on sites uh, come morning if I did LOLs, so I won't. But you won't have to wait too much longer, really. I'm incredibly excited at what's coming from Xbox. Gorgeous fantasy worlds, reboots, big sci-fi should be a lot of fun. You know, I don't think he really released any new rumor information. Right. Uh, I think he was a little vague right. on his comment. I know, right? And very well, think, are you a lawyer? No. <laughs> but he, there, we all knew there was a strong possibility that 
we were going to get games like Fable and probably Mech Assault. And, you know, I just – and there's a couple others that we kind of knew already, but, yeah. you know, we'll wait and see. Yeah, what we, I know who, really we, like, know who's, we know who's yeah. making Fable. Yep. And what I re- – no, actually, we don't. I have some theories uh, about that. Yeah, that's, well, okay. that's a big debate. Do you think yeah. Fable is the worst-kept secret in gaming? <laughs> um, is Playground Games secretly working on something completely out of their wheelhouse? I mean – the, the Fable franchise has so much myth and rumor surrounding it. Yep. But what I like to see Xbox rebooting is a new Spinner Cell franchise. And I know it's not mm. Xbox, but it's where it first started as far as uh, on the console space. And if you guys remember, PlayStation mm-hmm. had Metal Gear. And at the time, Xbox had Splinter Cell. And it eventually came to to, uh, to Sony's platform. But those wasn't as two- good. Yeah, and those were two heavyweights both going at it at the time, which was Metal Gear and Spinner Cell, both offering a unique experience. So I think if they're going to reach back into the retro portfolio, it needs to be some of these big games that we remember, like Mech Assault, like Fable. Uh, And I think Fable has always kind of been one of these games where it's, how can I put it? I don't want to say underwhelming, but uh, it didn't re- it didn't live up to expectations, and I think part of that is Peter Molyneux's fault. You know, he was hyping up the game, and oh, this is going to be the greatest RPG. You know, just, he was one of those guys, and they underdelivered. And I think uh-huh. it was like that through all the entire Fable series. So really, the Fable world hasn't really been touched. So I like to see somebody like, uh, well, who can take. Who can take the reins of Fable? Rare. You guys... Yeah. Rare. I, th- I think they'd do a good job with the Fable franchise. I mean, I think, I think Playground so. can. I they think... hired a lot of talent from like, yeah, I, and that's and... That's who I think is doing it. But Rare, there's, you know, Rare has that, <laughs> that feel and that look about their games. Um, mm-hmm. And I know how, I know how excited Jeremy was during Inside Xbox when they spotlighted the new Sea of Thieves update. I know he was oh just... <laughs> <laughs> but in all seriousness, if any, I, they are the first one to come to mind if Playground isn't. Because the only other real... The only other really, I guess, right now, studio they have where, where you don't know what they're doing is the initiative. And I just don't see... I don't see a game from fable coming out from that studio i think they have the talent obsidian we don't know what they're working on past the outer worlds yeah true but grounded that small project but i don't know that i see i when you fable like i said fable has a has a a look and a mantra and and a and a kind of mystique to it they need to get away from that by the way the whole british uh, yeah. See, but the minute the minute they do that, then Xbox fans are gonna go. Well, this isn't Fable, Fable, because the He's the, right. the it, okay. What did you, you say though, Mike? It kind of needs to be f- realized again. I think because... it can be. I think it could be redone. I think it could be rebooted. But I think it has to have <clears throat> the charm. There was a charm. That's the word I'm looking for. There was a charm to Fable. And, and to be honest with you, the only thing that ruined Fable for me was 
was some of the mishandled multiplayer. And and the, what happened was, for me, I was playing Fable 3, I think it was. And out of nowhere, mm. some joker jumped into my game, gave me like 8 million gold, and then left. And I was like, well, <laughs> now I can just buy everything I want and just be done with the game. And I was that ruined I ruined the game for me because I was like halfway through and I was like, well, I'm not starting over either. So I, I just kind of gave it up. And then Fable Legends happened, and I was so excited for Fable Legends, excited for Fable Legends, and it Ugh. got the cut. And to this day, if I if 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 I could if I stood in front of Phil Spencer. <clears throat> I, I would tell him you should have seen that through because I you think know, no, you know what, you know what happened? I'll tell you a little inside story here, but um, it was me, Tim dog Southbound and Phil Spencer. We were playing fable legends one day and uh, he asked us specifically, what do you, well, what do you guys think of this game? <laughs> you know, we can't, we kind of gave them our opinions on it, but uh, you know, at the time we didn't, I didn't think it was, uh, you know, a great title, but. Well, know. how, how, how deep into the beta were you at that time? Uh, I didn't play it enough. Uh, I played, um, you know, we, Mike, uh, we've been in gaming a long time. We played oh, yeah. some game. We played some shit. Oh yeah, and we can oh, we yeah. can pick up we can pick up a game for five or ten minutes and automatically know whether or not that game has what it takes to be successful. Would you agree? I would. So I'm gonna, ca I'm gonna caveat that though. Yeah. So there was something about the, the reason that we were. <clears throat> I don't know if you guys have ever heard me talk about betas, but mm -hmm. whenever whenever people talk about open betas to me, open beta to me equals demo. Like buy my game demo, which is why you see open open betas like three weeks before a game releases, because they're about to go gold and they just want you to to be excited for the game. Mm -hmm. Fable Legends was different in that they were in alpha stage and they were getting people in while they were building the game, um, and you could see that they were building a game. You could see that there were places you couldn't go. There were pieces that were the complete pieces missing. And and I got and I, I believe it or not from that standpoint I understand what you guys probably were saying at that time whenever that was mm -hmm. I stuck with it and a few of us stuck with it there was a point in the development where it's almost like Lionhead turned something on or or whatever their build finally had DX12 or whatever the hell they did they they it's almost like they flipped the switch. And the game turned, and it be, it was like twice as smooth. They had opened up all this new area that you were able to you were able to buy things. You were able to 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 do some things that you couldn't do before. And all of a sudden, if you got four people together, and and you could find four randos really easily who wanted to play, the game became fun, and. And all I all I'm saying is that if especially if they were going to make it a free to play game, I I, I know that I know I, all I would have said was just let them finish it out before destroying the game and then destroying the studio. I mean they they threw the baby the bathwater the tub 
out and then burnt the house to the ground. So, I mean, yeah. it, it was, I don't know. That was, that's one game where I wish they would have finished it because I you know, think, I think it would have sold some people that might not have been happy with it at the beginning of the development. That's all. I, it's really. And, and I know what you're talking about flipping the switch because uh, again, we're part of that entire process. I seen uh, the game aesthetically was great to look at. If you guys, if you remember, um, it was good to look at. It played a lot like kind of like the old Fantasy Star game uh, online. Uh, you know, that you is have exactly what I thought it was. Yeah, but again, it didn't have. You know, it didn't have great level design. The artwork was great, but the level design wasn't there. Some of the enemies were just like they were just. Tr it was just trash. And I think um, the overall gameplay loop just wasn't fun. You know, you had, okay. you know, you had, yeah, I mean, that's what I got from it. And the proof is in the pudding, which, which is probably why they discontinued that game. Because to, from my standpoint, that game was going to be a train wreck as soon as it released it. It would have been better, yeah, if it was free to play. But at this point, we'll never know. Yeah, and that's, and, and really, that's all I, that, I guess that was all my point about it was is that they should have you know let and let the chips fall where they may with that and sometimes that's what that's microsoft gets a lot of heat for that and sometimes it's 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 justified i mean you know it it and and in a bubble fable legends is one but then it wasn't shortly after that that, that scalebound died i mean so mm -hmm. so what happened was it became a pattern and and Fable Legends, maybe on it, you know, maybe you're right. Maybe it would have, you know, maybe it would have died out. I think the the Fantasy Star aspect is what drew me to it. Um, but I will also say that even through the 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 to the very end, I never had a problem finding people to play. Never. You know what, Mike? The, I think the thing oh. that frustrates me the most is you see games like Fable uh fable legends and um uh you know scale bound get canceled and then they let a game like um crackdown 3 come out and you uh -huh. know the shit that crackdown uh -huh. 3 took oh, uh, yeah. both both uh during the uh development process and after the release and you know you just scratch your head at some of these moves beat that game too i mean yeah. that game was also in development hell and then they saw yeah the, one of the major developers get bought up yeah yeah and that that yeah, created a situation where microsoft was actually literally allowed to take that company to court because they uh completely screwed up the development on crackdown oh 3. yeah well and what i mean now they screwed up the development of the online multiplayer the wrecking zone yeah i don't I, they weren't handling the first the uh the first part um the single player experience they were handling the multiplayer experience and it put them in a bind and rather than taking them to court microsoft found a company that could build that experience and i think it was like about a year yeah ruffian yeah it yeah. looked good when dustin Legary was playing that demo back in like 20 i mm. think it was like 2016 you know, or something like I, don't, I, did I, don't, a, I did a couple of streams on that game it was i mean the the wrecking zone was a fantastic idea I think where they went wrong was not having, <laughs> not having party and party play at the beginning. 
And now oh, all, that was now here's the thing. I actually am on the fence about that because I understand it's a feature that should have been there. But at the time we were dealing with a new kind of online multiplayer involving the cloud and your ping rate actually affected how the game was played. So it actually wanted to find people that were closer to you versus having somebody on the East coast and West coast on the same team reversing each other because it was just all over the place, I guess, like, uh, it had something to do with latency and ping rates and all this other stuff. Which is weird because you could play against some, you could find people across the country. I got hooked up with, with people that were in Spain and all kinds of, you know, couldn't, you know, I couldn't talk to them. Um, mm. I don't know. I, I think by the, by the time they added that, and I don't know if they, maybe they didn't even add it, but it, everybody, I mean, I, I, Oh, let's pour one out for that game. <laughs> oh, dude. Every time anybody wants to bash Xbox, it's kind of funny. Crackdown 3 all of a sudden surfaces. Screw those I always, I always bring... I, I was a big... Uh, I trashed Crackdown through its entire development. You guys went around for that, but I don't know if Mike remembers that. I remember. It was for a good three years... Crackdown. I was just trashing. I would, I would tweet the developer. I would tweet the PR person. I just made it. See, now you ra- you raised the question: How did Crackdown survive all the uh, budget cuts that were occurring um, as a result of the failed leadership at the beginning of this generation that gave us the Xbox One VCR? Um, the the only thing <laughs> I can think of was that. Uh, either number one, Microsoft was too invested in the crackdown. There was no turning back or two or two. Something about crackdown was near and dear to Phil Spencer's heart. No, th- and that is no only- secret. Yeah, I and think it's a combination. Combination, but also let's look at the fact that they probably looked at all three of those games or all the other games that got cut during that time and crack. It probably was the concept of, what games do we think we could finish for the least amount of money? And Crackdown was probably one of those games. Now, keep in mind, when they made this decision, it was probably way before that whole incident with uh, the company that got bought out by Epic Games that took all their cloud tech. Cloud uh, Gen. Yeah, Cloud Gen. And so um, that's where they didn't plan for that. And at that point, when Cloud Gen got bought out in the wrecking zone, in my opinion, maybe they should have just released crackdown three as like a 20 30 single player experience and yep. given up on the wrecking zone and just say hey we kind of got screwed over by a buyout and all this other stuff it was mm-hmm. something that just fell apart yeah and that was around the time when uh phil took over like actual oh, vp because yeah. yeah. he didn't have that vp well, status that don matrick and peter moore had until like late 2017 that's what and that was because it. microsoft didn't want to give somebody uh budget control because of all the issues that happened, you know, they overspending with platinum games and uh, Lionhead Studios on the games that were in development, <laughs> uh, the failed launch of the Xbox One, just all this stuff stacked up against it. So at that point, Microsoft didn't want really anybody in the Xbox division having too much control of any kind of budget. And I think there's some truth to that, because for five years that Phil, uh, you know, took the reins. You've seen uh, not a lot of movement and production from the Xbox, and they kind of like had to uh, 
rebrand itself in a way to where, hey, maybe Microsoft, we're not in these meetings, obviously, but maybe Microsoft went say, hey, Phil, you know, let's see if you can be profitable and, um, you know, do certain things with the Xbox brand. And then it, once you get to a certain point, you know, maybe we can let you take over this. And then maybe that's what happened in 2017 when he actually took over. I think there's some truth to that, you know, because I know, uh, you know, there's a lot of business people and a lot of business moves where they got you, you got to prove it first. You know, you got to prove that you can make a brand uh, viable and profitable at the same time, um, you know, just in general with business. He was also and, third in line, not even it was Mark uh, Witten that was second in line. So he was even the next <clears throat> man up anyway. Right. And it's kind of oh. funny that we're actually on. What were you going to say? Well, the only thing I mean, from a when I said a combination of things, don't forget too, they had Terry Crews, um, you know, kind of wrapped up in in marketing. And um, oh, yeah. yeah, at the when Cloudgen was bought by Epic, maybe that's yeah, my yeah, Cloudgen was bought by Epic. Yeah, in, in January of 08, of, of 18, rather, they were bought by they were bought by Epic. If I remember correctly, and I may not, I thought that Epic said that Cloudgen was still going to finish what they were developing on that game. And then out of nowhere, like two or three months later, when when um, not Matt Booty, but who was in charge of for of uh, before um, pre Matt Booty. No, Sharon, no. Yeah, Sharon, uh, Shannon Loftus. Shannon Loftus. Loftus. I can't Loftus. remember who said it, but somebody asked about this, and and they were like, "Well, um, we're just going back to the drawing board." <clears throat> so, so when Epic bought Cloudgen, they were still at the beginning going to allow Cloudgen to finish this this for micro wheel with Microsoft, and then all of a sudden, not only did that not happen, but but I. My understanding is, is that Cloudgen took all that work with them. So Ruffian really did have to kind of start from scratch. Hmm. I know it was just a and, and at that point, what are you gonna do? And I think there was some of that 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 problem that they were having when you know you've canceled Fable Legends, you've canceled Scalebound, you've You've canceled a few big games, and Scalebound was going to be like their big, big title. And you uh, delayed Crackdown. You delayed, you delayed Crackdown right. two years. Right. I think that that I think they had to finish that out <laughs> of not having the 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 fan base mutiny on them. Because I think if they had canceled Crackdown, I think the I think the the not just the fan base, but I think the investor base would have lost a whole lot of, of um, confidence in the Xbox brand in a time when Phil was taking it over and needing to build it back up. I think that would have been a death blow. Even if the game came mm. out, you know, came out like it did and and you know, there are some of us who are true, you know, who truly uh, you know, fastback uh, Chris Williams and I, man, we finished that game co-op and and I beat the shit out of that game and i played the i played wrecking zone until there were no people to play wrecking zone with but i i know i'm a i know i'm in a minority because the game just died on died on the vi it was it was doa but i if they had canceled it i think that would have done 
I, I think that would have done some irreparable harm to to the Xbox brand and to Microsoft. And this is yeah. the problem with uh, Microsoft with the last uh, head where they spent almost a decade neglecting first party. So when Sony screws up with Hello Games and No Man's Sky, and that's a whole fiasco, it's not as bad because they have also their first party balancing yeah. it out. So you kind of give yeah. them a break. But mm-hmm. but you're you're 100% right, Shock, because I remember when Crackdown came. I remember when State of Decay 2 came. Even though State of Decay was a good game, you sat back and you, you seen the quality that Sony was delivering. And then you look at the quality that Xbox was delivering on these first party titles. And it was like it was like uh indie versus you know some of these triple A games. Xbox at that time couldn't compete, not even close. And so int- I was just gonna say it's interesting you're bringing that up on how Xbox was doing a lot of indie games at that time. Um and well, I, well I'm saying that that's the way I viewed it, like like some games like State of Decay were like indie comparisons to like, oh no to- it, and it's mm-hmm. actually that's why I was wanting to bring it up with you. Our next subject actually has to go with how during that time the gentleman who's actually responsible for disintegration uh, that worked at Bungie mm-hmm. and helped create Halo um, actually pitched the idea for disintegration to Phil Spencer and in his statements actually said at that time Xbox and Activision passed on him because they were more actively looking for indie titles because they were more affordable um and and they were not interested in a in what they called a mid a mid budget title basically it wasn't it wasn't going to be a a low budget or a high budget title it was kind of like in the middle nobody was interested do you feel like xbox has missed the mark on purchasing games like that no, because I've played, um, you know, it's not finished yet, but I've played Disintegration. I was not impressed with it whatsoever. Not now you got to play bad. where, at E3? Uh, I played at E3, but I also played, uh, they released the, um, uh, what was it, like tech, not only a tech demo, but like a beta demo. I don't know. They they released it um, to play the, the demo part of it, if I remember correctly. Okay, so... Where is anybody is disintegration on anybody's radar in tonight's show? Never heard of it. <laughs> nah. Chat nah. can answer that too if they would like. So I totally that, I totally forgot about that game until you brought it up, honestly. Okay, so maybe maybe Phil maybe Phil Spencer actually saw the uh the actual truth in that was maybe it wasn't gonna hit the mark. So because uh, you know, at that time they weren't looking to put out a whole lot of money. They, Phil Spencer was just getting into that position, and now they've just uh, bought numerous studios since then. They've come out with some uh, new games. You can kind of see that he's trying to right the ship. Um, but I don't know. I'm just—it's kind of curious on how you know it came out that the guy offered disintegration to Xbox, and now all of a sudden it's like that whole argument did Xbox pass on another game title. Just imagine if Microsoft didn't let Bungie leave and Destiny was exclusive mm-hmm. when Sony had no games to start the gen and then you and they swapped and they uh, scooped up uh, BioWare that got bought right when Don took over who came from EA so he would have known that whole deal was about to go down anyway. Um, so there's a lot of studios yeah. that we lost last gen that they could have easily took under their wing that are no longer with uh. us. I'd have, I'd have traded Bungie for Bioware though, to be honest. You could have just done both. Yeah, but Bioware I mean, three, is only owned uh, by a small, tiny firm that yeah, gets bought up. But Bungie, you gotta remember, Bungie doesn't have 
the leadership. I mean, all the leadership from Bungie still with Microsoft. Frankie O'Connor is at three three four three I. I mean, those guys, those guys are still there. The problem, what and and, and I always make this joke that that Bungie got away from Microsoft because it didn't want to go make Halo anymore. So they went independent and they went and made Halo because Destiny is. And they went to another sugar daddy called <laughs> right, Activision. Yeah. Called Activision, and and it's funny because Activision now only has really one their, game. Yeah, yeah, and Activision has one game left in their stable, Call of Duty. I mean, what else? Activision used to be known for so much. Spider Man. Well, you can't uh, forget any, they you know, own Blizzard. They own yeah. yes, and that's what they're. Well, I think they, that. Yeah, but, but from a con- right, right from a console perspective, yeah, you have Diablo, but from they a got COD and Blizzard, <clears throat> right, and and no, really they also have Overwatch. Overwatch is actually one of those franchises oh, yeah. that's actually getting some. They, they're getting they're getting some foot ground. There's definitely yeah, a, I mean, they made some nice money on Overwatch to be they sure. Had, they oh, absolutely, yeah. but I mean, I, but Activision, and maybe this just is me going back to the 360 days or the you know my days of of being on the E3 show floor, when I walked into Activision's booth, I was hit with game franchises and licenses that, you know, no one else had. Superheroes, um, Activision had id Software, so they had Doom, uh, they had Quake, they had, I mean, they had uh, Tony Hawk, they had they this giant stable, and now we're, from the console perspective, we're down to Overwatch and Call of Duty. I mean, honestly, you yeah. know, I, I don't know. I, you know, but real quick, if I can, the thing about this integration too, I think Phil also, I think Phil's also maybe done with the one-off games. I mean, he grabbed, he grabbed player unknown battlegrounds and that was hot fire until Fortnite came along. And I don't know. Does anybody still play battlegrounds? I don't know. I, I, I dabble in too a much about bit. it. Right, I know they were still coming out with updates as of last year. I don't know if they're still currently coming out with updates I, as much as Epic with Fortnite. I mean, I, I don't – now not only that, you got Bleeding Edge, you got Overwatch, you got all these other games that, are, that have taken that that mantle. And and on top of that, under – you know, Battlegrounds went to the PlayStation anyway. I think where, I think where Phil is making the right moves is don't go after games. Go after the studios making the games. I, I will tell you the yeah. two biggest surprises to me since Phil took over Ninja Theory and Double Fine. I, mm. Those I remember watching. We were when we did um, you know the the live reaction shows for. I was we did one for both of those when he announced Ninja Theory. I I was stunned. I he stunned you know the what? entire crowd with that. Yeah, you know what, Mike? Though I'm gonna. Uh, Ninja Theory uh, with the Bleeding Edge, you know they missed the mark on that one. You know, yeah, yeah everybody I, gets a a free one, but you know what? I thought the Double Fine acquisition was huge because yes, Double Fine is they make some fantastic th- games, the Brutal Legend, you know, stuff like that. Imagine if he did some banjo, like that would be that be sweet. Yeah, but remember about remember about about Ninja Theory and Bleeding Edge. Bleeding Edge is the stop. Gap game for them until Hellblade Two, and then and then after Hellblade Two comes Project Mara. So I, I, and and there are people that are playing Bleeding Edge, and Bleeding Edge is in Game Pass. Of so you, you know, I haven't tried it yet, but 
I know a lot of people who play who are playing it who enjoy it. I th- the the I remember when Bleeding Edge was announced, and I remember when I remember the backlash that Ninja Theory got. And at the time, even I was saying, "Hey guys, Hellblade Two is coming. This is something they wanted to do. Phil's letting them do it while they're developing Hellblade Two, and then we got the Hellblade Two trailer at at the game awards and everybody lost their minds so but but that's where i think phil is his strength is is i i think he's trying to pull away from these one-off games and trying to go after getting the studios to actually build those games so you know did he miss the mark did he miss the mark on the opportunity of disintegration and no no, absolutely not because Um, yeah, the genre has kind of like never been, I mean, the mix of genres have never been done before. It's a cross between, I would say, Titanfall and an RTS game. I've heard that. Um, because, and I played the, uh, the, the beta. It was on the Xbox. You can download it. I think you can still download either the, um, either the demo or the beta, one of those, and actually play it. And I didn't get a chance to see it at E3. So what they showed me did not impress me. What I played did not impress me. Um, and it wasn't one of these games that that's what was going to set the world on fire. And I think that's why uh, they passed on it. Now, yeah, I mean, is that is that game fully out? No, no, no it's not. not Obviously, okay. since we're talking about it, I wouldn't be surprised if it came out this year. Because like all of a sudden we're having that like that article came out like that Xbox kind of missed the mark and in the in the uh, theory of uh, well the conversation of disintegration I'm right there with you guys I don't feel like they uh, missed it you know Phil Spencer kind of like what Mike said you know he's just tired of those one off games you know he has very talented first party studios that are more than capable of creating experiences remains to be seen talented at first party studios. They haven't done anything. I was excited for obsidian with the purchase. I was uh, definitely for Ninja theory. I was excited for obsidian. Now, one thing to point out though, if you've noticed a lot of these purchase uh, studio purchases, we're talking rare obsidian um, Ninja theory. Um, we all see the success as games as a service, you know, a game that you can release and evolve over time. And, you know, everybody makes these jokes about one and done games. You know, some of these developers probably feel the same way about one and done, you know, Hey, I just put four or five years into this game. We're going to put it out on launch and it's a done deal. Wash our hands, never touch it again. Some of these developers actually do want to grow and evolve a game into a community, just like destiny. Um, even call of duty they release a new game every single year but they have a call of duty community so these developers some of these developers want to obtain that and i see them xbox is allowing game pass to kind of be a uh a a way launching pad a launch pad for them to create these games as a service that aren't exactly free to play because you either need to purchase them or have the subscription so they're at least making money that way and it's a game they can grow over time because we all see what they said about Grounded. They haven't fully hatched out the full story for Grounded. It's going to be a game that grows over time, just like Sea of Thieves has, um, mm-hmm. just like Bleeding Edge is going to do. And, and State of Decay 2 is, is growing oh, that way too. Yeah. 
So that's why I'm just like, I see a lot of these developers who didn't have the money or the ability to take the gamble and risk creating a, a title around a games as a service concept. Um, Xbox is now uh, facilitating this because we've seen the amount of success these other companies, these great big game companies have had from creating uh, games as a service. Look at Bethesda with yeah. Scrolls Online, mm -hmm. um, Epic with Fortnite, and numerous other game developers, EA with all their their sports franchises. You know, this is the this is the problem though. Uh, you everybody's trying to uh, catch lightning in a bottle. You know, and what they're doing is they're flooding and absolutely flooding the market with these types of games. And you see it with games like Smite, uh, with the whole uh, battle royale. You know, I don't know what kind of game is or genre is Smite considered. Uh, Smite is a is a um, uh, MOBA. It's a MOBA. MOBA. It's a MOBA. So you've seen that MOBA craze at the time when Smite came out. Everyone was going with MOBAs, you know, and everybody was releasing MOBAs, and then that died out. And then everybody's now releasing the Battle Royale games. And now you see kind of that kind of dwindling down. And they're trying to catch lightning in a bottle, and they're flooding the market with these games. And it's the same result because, yeah, they might be building communities on the side, but some of these games, many of these games get left behind in the process. Absolutely. You know, oh yeah, no, exactly. It, it does feel like the idea of we're throwing everything at the wall and seeing what sticks. Yeah. Um, now the other thing is too, though, let's look at the right now is the time to launch games like this because we're having unfathomable, unprecedented numbers of people online, both using, mm -hmm. you know, the internet and the Xbox Live, PlayStation Network infrastructures. They've had to dumb down these systems to handle just the flood of people that are all of a sudden playing online. So right now, honestly, is a good time to kind of, I would say, flood the market because yeah. you are having record number of users all across the world on all platforms. And you can mm -hmm. do the same type. You can do the same type of experiences as you get into in a gas game, um, as you could a single player. Because if you think about it, you know, if I was someone that wanted to create a gas single player game, I would create a single player experience and deliver new episodic content, uh, whether it's a new level or something like that. Uh, you know, every other month, you know, you can do something like that, but you ha you haven't really seen it to that extent. In first place, in first player games, yeah, you've seen DLC content. Uh, you know, with CD Projekt Red, what they did with the Witcher franchise was amazing. You got a lot of value in that, um, and you're going to see it with their same product with Cyberpunk 2077. But um, I think it just depends whether or not those single player games have substantial DLC for it to be qualified as a games of service because you can continue to grow off that too. Yep. Maybe it hasn't been done before, um, but, you know, you can do it well, with that as opposed to something else. But if I – so if I might, um, I think I think the difference between catching lightning in a bottle with a, with a MOBA and, and catching that with a games as a service is how you deliver it. The, the, the you know, MOBAs – there's really two MOBAs that that honestly are the let's call them the gold standards. There's mm -hmm. there's Dota 2 and mm -hmm. there's League of Legends. 
everything else is is second tier. So why would you play the second tier games when those exist? Right. The battle royale games got interesting because the big guns the big guns all got involved in it. So player unknown wasn't the big gun, but he was, you know, is an indie guy that 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 you know, if you want to say he was kind of the 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 father of of battle royale games, Fortnite really was the one who caught lightning and everybody's mm-hmm. been trying to do that since and really the only three that you can even think of right now that are that are prevalent are Apex. Uh, I'm sorry, you're right, Apex. So there's four. There's Apex, there's Fortnite, there's Underground, there's uh, Battlegrounds, which stick figure in a chat um, mm-hmm. is reminding me that the PC side still is a really big base. And now Call of Duty Warzone. And they and I mean, but these are all the big guns putting these games out. The games as a service can be huge. It, it, they don't have to be the same type of game. You know, Sea of Thieves and, and State of Decay 2 are two different types of games. But State of Decay 2 right now, at least from what they're saying, and, and no reason to necessarily doubt them, but State of Decay even almost a year ago was up to 5 million players. And that's with a launch that really was underwhelming. Sea of Thieves, I think they had two or three million people still playing it, and those guys, they're continuing to bring content just yeah, out the wazoo. Out the wazoo. Any, any kind of number that Xbox brings to the table, I don't believe it. Anything they say, I because- believe. So I believe anything that they say when it comes to user engagement. They're never going to give you. They're never going to give you sales numbers again. But I, so, I, but they can at least you know they can do concurrent players. I mean, they don't release. Real solid information because Phil Spencer has stated he does not want to fuel the console war and he does not want to release information that can be used because you see how the media even twists things that he says. You see how the you see how they do it. They do it themselves. They do it themselves. Centurion. When I hear twelve million players, that means nothing to me. Because I understood, but do you notice? You guys have you guys noticed that it has been at least a year since we've since anybody has mentioned the word npd <laughs> right because uh, as yeah. soon as well they, they mentioned it in november when they found out that actually xbox passed uh right, uh, right playstation yeah. for black friday sales right but i mean beyond that you never know no no more of that you've got You've got guys running around Twitter that are that work for MPD and no numbers and stuff, and they're not even doing it. The minute you pulled those sales numbers out of the out of the Twitter <clears throat> sphere, that whole conversation ended, and now we're on to teraflops and other crap. But the floppy the, flops, right? Floppy <laughs> flops. Um, the the. I, I, I I get so the only people who really care about the numbers per se are are the investors. And if you really want to get into numbers, both Sony and Microsoft put out quarterly quarterly reports. You can easily go in and see whether they're up, down in revenue, whether they're up and down in, in subscriptions. What they care about is engagement. And Sony's starting to do the same thing now. Once they stop talking about numbers, 
they're starting to talk about engagement and MAU and the same thing Microsoft is doing because what they want you to see is not so not so much how many people bought their game and then threw it on the shelf, but how many how many people are playing the game. Because the more people yeah. play the game, and, and this is something that I think people don't think about. If you if you are someone who is on the fence about State of Decay 2 or Sea of Thieves or um, you know one of those types of games, Forza Horizon, I'll take that one too because that's, that's a community-type game. Mm-hmm. Do you, as a gamer, would you be more inclined to give it a shot if the developer said, you know, 5 million other players are playing it? Or if they said, well, you know, we sold a million copies and that's all you heard. I, I, I honestly believe that part of the marketing that that Microsoft and now Sony are trying to get into players' heads is, hey, we got 5 million people playing State of Decay 2. Um, that's got to be for a reason. It can't be because the game sucks. It's good. The game's got to be good enough that this many people are consistently playing it. So why don't you come play it? Yeah, and that's what and I to think. Kind of feel that. Like let's you like Anthem as an example. If you kind of look at numbers sold versus people playing the game, those are two total opposite numbers because Anthem was yeah. marketed as the Destiny killer, and everybody and their grandmother bought Anthem and sorely disappointed. And right. then now the user base just completely tanked. And mm-hmm. now we're not talking about Anthem's sales numbers. We're actually, and it's actually starting to happen across the board. We're seeing it with Destiny and other games. They're starting to look at active users. They're not looking at copies sold. They're starting to look at how many people are actually actively using the ecosystem. Right. Yeah. But give me active users. Don't give me 12 million played. That means that number means nothing to me at all. I would like I mean, to see the numbers period on all yeah. games right now because well, I'm pretty sure they're like up. I mean, there. how do you but how do you I mean, are we talking about active users in a certain time frame? Are we talking about active users from 5 a.m. to 7 a.m.? I mean, you, you can't it, it's hard to parse that number out. You know, I, I get what you're saying and I kind of agree with you. But at mm-hmm. the same time, I know if five million people are have have been playing if I if State of K two has a five million uh, player base, I got a pretty good shot. If I want to go in and try to find a game and find some people, some new people to play with, and and make some new friends, I got a pretty good shot. I'm going to find some randos to play with. Yeah. In, in Anthem, there's a pretty good shot. I'm just going solo because oh, no I've one's I've there. played Anthem uh, in its current state right now, and it's hard to find players. Absolutely, exactly. So I'm more inclined to give State of Decay two a shot. Because even though I don't know how many concurrent players there are on a Saturday night, I know five million players or five million people who are playing that game at some point. I'm gonna find some people to play with, and I think that's well, the that's what they're pushing. And now we got uh, Sea of Thieves going to Steam. Oh, I didn't hear that. I mean, am I correct? I my I, I, am I no, thinking no, of the wrong game? No, 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 no. I'm I know you are not. Sea of Thieves is coming to Steam with crossplay. See that, and that—that's another thing right there. You're now gonna because there is people that religiously do not want to use the the Microsoft Store or the mm-hmm. Xbox Store, whatever you want to call it on PC. They don't want to use it, and now Steam is gonna open up that gateway for those who actually, you know, prefer yep. Steam. 
and if I might, so here's this is this is the I'm looking at Yahoo Finance. All right, so I'm not even looking at a game game site. So I'm looking at 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 a at a um, actually this came from Engadget. The first <clears throat> sentence in the in the in the news article about Sea of Thieves coming to Steam says Microsoft's Buccaneering Simulator Sea of Thieves already has 10 million players on Xbox One and Windows 10. That's the first thing they said. Why? Because <laughs> they want you to know that if you're going to buy this game on Steam, that there are 10 million people out there, and you're bound to find some people to play with. And that, again, that is the marketing that we have come to. It is no longer about how many units sold. It's about how many people are playing the game to get you to buy the game to because you know there's going to be people to play with. And I think that, I think that's, uh, to me, that's, I, I get, I, you know, if you step back from Twitter, I, just Twitter. What? What are you, you know, talking about, Mike? Back from what are you Twitter. talking about? Everything on Twitter is the truth. I have based my whole life off everything Listen. that comes through it. Listen, Mike, don't tell Tim that. He'll have fucking heart palpitations know, for about a month. Oh, uh, he's gonna. Uh, he'll be. He'll be the one downvote on this show. You know that, right? Yeah. I <laughs> told him. That, I told him that Twitter was gonna go bankrupt, and he started <laughs> hyperventilating on the spot. I know. No, I'm sure, you know, down, and I'm like, geez, I didn't but, think I was that bad. But honestly, if you step back and look at it from a, um, you have to look into their their you know eyes. The the sales wars ended, honestly, a few years ago. It's now about it's now about selling people on your software, and that is how you sell people on the softwares by telling them how many other people have played it. Great That's point, just, Mike. and that was a nice seg, Mike. Too good job. Thanks, Shockley. You got anything to add? You don't. He's not. He's into. He's focused he on Final, Final Fantasy. Fantasy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man all righty so, so hold on hey hey shockley do me a favor sell me on final fantasy because i've never played a minute of it thank you shockley <laughs> i have phone? never I need, played i need some cricket a noises. single i have That's never it. played a single final fantasy first off i grew up a sega guy not a nintendo guy so Ooh, that, same here buddy but, same here you know dreamcast on the wall brother I I will say um, it right now. I bought Final Fantasy uh, 10 remake that comes with Final Fantasy X and Final Fantasy X2. Uh, uh, the re well, the remaster, not remake. Excuse me, remaster. Um, I bought that one because that was actually the first Final Fantasy game I ever really played. I am interested in the Final Fantasy 7 remake. I've never played it, but for me, uh, Final Fantasy 15 was the one I've played recently. And that actually got me back into actually enjoying games like that. Uh, Final yeah. Fantasy. And here's the cool part. Final Fantasy 15 is in game pass. And if you're a game pass ultimate subscriber, you actually have access to the Royale edition of that game. And I mean, pff, there you go. Chris, Spend the entire quarantine playing Final Fantasy 15. Pete, that oh, was a uh, PC only though, right? No, the, no, no, no it's it's on Xbox. Oh, okay. But you can so, literally dump over a hundred hours in that game easy without blinking so an I'm, eye. I am lying. I have one Final Fantasy game in my entire. That was the 360 game. That 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 one that you had to pay nine ninety nine a month for. That's oh, the, the only one I've got. One. That was yeah, thirteen. The, the only one I've got, and I played it for a month, and then I put it back on the shelf, and that was it. 
I was like, you know, this is no I, Final Fantasy. This is no Fantasy you know, when, Star. When it came to the PlayStation 2, uh, I bought the external hard drive just to play that. I spent a lot of money on that game and you know, for it to, uh, it was great. It was a great experience at that time. It made it I, feel like the old fantasy star days yeah. on the dream on the Dreamcast. I was hoping that it would be more like EverQuest Online Adventures, which was my big PS2 game, and it yeah. wasn't. And I, and I just, I kind of just gave it up. I was like, if I'm gonna pay, I'm because I, I was still playing. Um, I think I was still playing Online Adventures at the time, and. I was like, I'm not paying for two games, and I'm way more invested in EverQuest. So, mm. for me, my online crack right now is uh, PS- Elder Scrolls uh, Online. Elder Scrolls. Mm. I always wanted to get into that, and I never, I never did. Same here. Same here, dude. I, I have probably, I have logged a massive amount of time. I, I mean, like insane amounts of time. Into so that listen. Game. So and listen, Unlimited is still in Game Pass. I don't have an excuse. Well, that's the thing. Like everybody needs to understand, if you download that game for starters, you're only going to have access to the base game. All the DLCs are going to be locked, and that's where you either get uh, their version. Of, it's kind of funny. They have a subscription called ESO Plus. Um, there's mm-hmm. a lot of perks to it. One of the perks is that you get access to the DLC. But I actually own it all just because i don't want to ever have to lose my dlc because i don't pay for my subscription but that game has consumed a lot of time so if we if me and mike jump on that will you teach us how to play and invest countless hours again for noobs i don't have countless hours no i I will you don't need to and that's the only thing actually it'll be accelerated because you're dealing with me i have a high up there character i can give you stuff to help you level quicker um not to mention uh me and a friend of mine uh you've met him stained zombie uh we've built a guild house that has access to numerous uh resources to kind of like make things a lot easier and a lot quicker nice yeah we've kind of built a light in that oh he's back (laughs) <laughs> My bad, I, was a, I was on a call in between. You were wow. challenged to convince Mike here why he should play Final Fantasy. Um, I think if you, I just started playing. I've never, yeah, I've never finished a Final Fantasy game All in right. my life. Uh, I started uh, Final Fantasy the original on my Switch <laughs> to get ready for this because I knew I had to at least get past Midgar, which isn't that far, mm-hmm. to at least to enjoy like everybody else, kind of. Like, oh, okay, here's what this world looks like now. Um, but if you like any action game, it's it definitely this I'll, action is solid. It's okay. it's really good. I'll uh, reveal so a secret. I played Final Fantasy X wrong and I couldn't beat the final bot battle. I had to give up. All right, so and is 15 a good game? Final Fantasy 15, I enjoyed it, but to absolutely understand Final Fantasy 15, I have not personally done it, but there is also a movie. Like it, it, it was like a cross, like the story went across oh, platforms. Was that so? That wasn't the movie that Advent Rising movie was. It? No, no, okay. no, 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 no. Seven. Uh, but Final Fantasy Seven story, I think that's because if you go back and play the original game, it's it's just a bunch of menus. It's not like amazing <laughs> gameplay, but it's yeah, it's the story and the characters. So, but right. I think you. You'll definitely like it. The action. Now, do I need to play another Final Fantasy before playing 15 to get anything about it? No, no, they're all no, kind no. Of like anthology, basically. And now, to under now, one thing I liked about Final Fantasy 15 is they got away from turn-based fighting 
That's and it what was I, actually yeah. more. Oh, it's actually more open based. Now there is like there is like you can pause fighting or whatever and actually kind of get characters to do certain things if necessary. But for okay. the most part, it was like open fighting. It wasn't turn based strategy. And funny story, Mike. None of the fan the Final Fantasy games relate to each other other than Final Fantasy X. Yeah, Final Fantasy X, X, and, X and X two or and thirteen X, yeah. and thirteen two. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, thirteen two. Yeah. But yeah, no, Final Fantasy 15, awesome game, man. It's actually a very gorgeous game. It's actually Xbox One X enhanced. And I mean, I enjoyed playing it. Have you seen the 13? Because 13 and 13 2 are also enhanced. And no, it I almost looks like a current gen game, even though it's a 360 game. No, they, no, are they in Game Pass 2? Because I don't mm, see them. They will be eventually. I, I know, yeah, eventually. So uh, Final Fantasy X looks amazing. Uh, that's also uh, enhanced, and so is uh, 13 the, on the 360. I'm sure tw uh, 11's coming. Or not 11, but 12, uh, Zodiac yep. Age. I guarantee yep. you, as, as Square Enix starts putting most of these Final Fantasy games in Game Pass, I wouldn't be surprised if a couple came, popped up Xbox Enhanced. Yeah, I, mean, I know yeah. 13 and 13 too are. I bought those on 360 and for peanuts. And yeah, they look amazing on the Xbox One X right now. So we're kind of, I'm letting time get away from us because podcasting <laughs> is awesome. We'll get to the last subject here, which actually kind of like we're all talking about, you know, Microsoft doing things differently, you know, companies making successful games. Let's talk about the issues going on with Gearbox and Randy Pitchford and apparently their uh, structure of paying their employees is a little different than other business, uh, other mm -hmm. gaming developers uh, to kind of give some insight. If you don't know um, at Gearbox, they actually pay their employees below average salaries for being in the industry. And to make up for this, they are given quarterly bonuses that are based on the success of the games that are being developed. And we all know Borderlands 3 and its success was actually record setting. Uh, within one week of its release from the sources I've read, it actually generated almost a made the franchise into a billion dollar franchise. This is one of two. So that makes Borderlands the second franchise ever in the history of that company to actually achieve this status and so all the employees were excited there was rumors coming out from a couple employees that bonuses of over a hundred thousand dollars were supposed to go to some employees um and gearbox has even touted that in the past employees have been able to buy houses on the bonuses that they give out and gearbox even stated that since they've started this program they have given out over a hundred million dollars in bonuses and royalties to employees of gearbox but when you bring up borderlands 3 this isn't going to happen. Randy Pitchford actually came out and said bonuses are actually going to be considerably less because apparently the game went over budget. The game itself finished at around $95 million, and with the DLC that was supposed to go with it, came out to a total of $140 million. Yep. And in the contract that they have with Take-Two, yeah. the publisher, Take-Two, the publisher, must be paid back in full before any royalties will be paid out. And so as a result of this, they are not going to receive the bonuses that they thought. You took my thunder, man. I was going to talk about the... Uh the in the contract even though i didn't read it but um so it had an insane insane marketing budget to be for one uh the de development budget went over budget as, as you just said but 
it was in their contract. And in this case, uh, employees got pissed off airing dirty laundry, and that's what happened. Uh, now, part know, of them going over budget was switching from Unreal Engine 3 to Unreal Engine 4. That was to upgrade the game itself. Yep. But you knew, I mean, these people know this going in their jobs, and it's not like, you know, all of a sudden these contracts are, you know, they spring up out of nowhere, you know, so nobody forced them to take the job at a lower salary. So stop crying. And, right. you know, it's just one of it's just one of those things where, you know, and again, if it's in their contract, that's what they have to comply by. So it's just disgruntled employees. Oh, yeah. And uh, to uh, put it out there, um, Randy Pitchford in the meeting did tell employees, even though with all the stuff going down that. Oh, OK, so um, with everything going down with this pandemic, he still said, you know, if you're not happy with how we do things here, you are free to uh, go work somewhere else. Right. Yep. And I'm sure I'm sure. He's really, uh, you know, you heard in the past that they're real. Um, wow, he's got the bouncer logo going on. <laughs> Shockley. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I'm sure, you know, they treat their employees right. You know, I think this was probably a one off because you've never heard any. No. Uh, well, you've heard Randy. There's been stuff about Randy Pitchford for years, though. So uh, don't forget. Don't forget that there has been uh, allegations, well, you, yeah, you know, know of all kinds about. of stuff. Yeah. So, but I'm sorry. Go ahead and finish. I'm, I didn't mean to cut you off. Sorry. No, no, you're good. But um, yeah, I mean that's pretty much what I was going to say. But you, you, do, you do bring up a good point as far as Randy, um, you know, going off has a, a track record of of doing those kinds of things, but. Oh, yeah. There is definitely a lot of controversy that actually surrounds uh, Randy Pitchford and uh, kind of the way he uh, does things. Because yeah. even uh, Borderlands 3 in its production, there was a, a lot of, uh, you know, rumors and stuff. Like, because wasn't he also like at some kind of spat with the uh, original voice of Claptrap and yeah. actors not getting paid and all this other stuff? Well, there was a, there was a, that, that's the, um, that's what I was referring to is that. <laughs> That guy alleged that that Pitchford um, uh, assaulted him. I mean, it was it was pretty Yeesh. it was pretty weird. Now, have you ever you guys ever heard of the uh, of the uh, site uh, Glassdoor? Yes. yes. So yep, I use that to get yeah, some interviews done. Yeah. Well, when you get a chance, look at, <laughs> look at Glassdoor for Gearbox. It's a it's there's only like thirty reviews there, but it's pretty mixed. Some people love it. Some people, some people <laughs> hate it. Pretty much, well, it's a but, shit show. That's what you're telling. Well, me. some <laughs> of the stuff I read and watched, apparently, um, the lawyer that was at Gearbox from 2011 to 2018 um, accused uh, Randy Pitchford of some pretty crazy stuff, like, yep. um, like taking somewhere around 12 million dollars or something like that. And yep. not to mention, there was also an incident where Randy Pitchford, I guess, lost a USB drive in a medieval times restaurant that not only contained <laughs> sensitive information involving uh -huh. Gearbox, but also questionable adult-oriented stuff. <laughs> So there is a there is a lot of stuff that surrounds Randy Pitchford. So that's where yeah, it's just like you know, on a thumb drive. I, that it definitely. Yeah, that so. it is, 
at medieval times of no medieval, pl- of, of all places. Medieval times. Has any anybody seen my porn oh, USB drive? Right. I'll tell you yeah, one exactly. thing. Exactly. That's what I was thinking. It's there probably no why US, the, uh, there were no USB drives during medieval times. Therefore, there are no <laughs> USB drives at medieval times. Can I give you a refill yeah. on your Pepsi, dude? That would de- if with that controversy, you would definitely be. One of those people that if you actually had to go into Randy Pitchford's office and do anything, you'd be one of those people who'd be like, all right, I'm going to get in, get out. I'm not going to look around, touch anything, or look at anything else. You know what the real question is? Whoever picked up that USB drive, I really <laughs> hope they washed their ass. <laughs> It's so sticky. I hope they sanitize that motherfucker. <laughs> oh my god! But think about this too. Well, there's I. The, here's the problem. The the problem I have is that is how this got, how they got it. Because because you know, you know they run to they run to, uh, uh, you know they run to the media. Yeah, they uh, go to, to Kotaku. The right, they run to the media. Ta- <laughs> right, they run to the worst media tattletale in the world. Yeah. Jason Fryer saw who, those smoke right. signals. Oh, he's like, he's like, hits on my sight. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and so I don't. This, oh, don't. I could go an hour on that asshole. So don't. Let's. We'll just move on. Um, but but people have to see. You know, Borderlands was a great was a great. Uh, success for them but gearbox employees signed up for this knowing that this is the same company to put out alien colonel Mal- uh, colonel marines colonial, uh, and 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 battleborn so oh. you know you have to understand what you're getting into when you sign up to, to go and, work for Randy. and not only that you would have to know as an employee that you're already over budget right you know because uh, take, take two came out and said this game cost way too much to produce right don't let somebody else gamble with your money Right. Exactly. Yeah. And 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 I, look, they, you know, Borderlands 2, the one thing Borderlands 3 does not have, which is part of the problem too, I know it came out of the gate hot, but it didn't have legs. Oh, no. Wow. They've even, Take-Two has come out and actually, um, apparently they're scaling back their expectations now for Borderlands 3 because it's actually not, it's kind of like, it hit the ground running, but all of a sudden it's kind of limping along at this point because yeah. of some of the ups and downs of the game. I've had some serious bugs. I mean, I have literally had Borderlands 3 full-on crash restart my Xbox console three or four times. And don't get me wrong, by by coming out of the gate hot, I think the number that they said they shipped was $5 million, and that's pretty damn good. But you are not hearing that game like you are hearing other games. Um, you know, you're hearing not more about a- Destiny status. <laughs> Exa- right. You're you're right. You're hearing more about Destiny and Apex Legends, which is a free game, than you're hearing about Borderlands Three. And that, and and it was one of the most anticipated games of 2019, easily. And you know, it's it's this is what this is what you sign up for. And I guarantee you that there isn't going to be a game that that um, that Gearbox puts out that's going to come close in that. I mean, I don't think. Uh, and let me just double check and make sure. Yeah, Godfall is not going to light the world on fire. I'm, I'm sorry to tell people. What do you, oh, Mike, dude, what do you mean? I, what do you mean? <laughs> PS5. Sony guys as soon as I saw that the, the first game on PS5 exclusive is going to be made by Gearbox and it's going to be 
pretty much uh, a, a you know an online multiplayer style shooter. Exactly. I, with the problems that I saw with Borderlands Three, I, I was like, oh my god, that that right there, that's a gamble. I'm Mike, you, you just right you now. just broke Sony fans' hearts across the world, Dude, Mike. Uh, I, and 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 I mean no disrespect to Sony, but I am telling you right now, Gearbox Gearbox very likely pitched this to both, and Phil probably said, "I'm good, I'm good, they could have it." If you if you notice, nobody nobody is is really hyping Godfall as. The big exclusive. The big thing that I'm that 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 I'm talking to people about right now. I mean, it's it's bad enough that I have friends of mine who, honest to goodness, believe that the Last of Us Two's delay is so that it could come out on the PS5. I mean, that's how that's how much people are thinking about Godfall. Yeah, <laughs> and I so, would say the same thing if it was an Xbox One Series X game. This game does I I. The 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 trailer was like okay, cool. Next, I mean, I it, it does nothing for me. Now, Gearbox was also claiming a result. Uh, I mean, the, these uh, bonus results were also because they're opening a new studio. They've been expanding uh, with new employees. So, with all this dirty laundry that's being aired out and all the problems it's um, causing, is it conceivable to say that? Gearbox might change their uh, salary structure going forward as the company is now expanding bigger than they originally started. Uh, it depends. I mean, it just depends. I mean, who knows? Why are you expanding when you can't pay your employees what you owe them? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, they got, I mean, they have people working on I mean, God. It's their fault for so. signing it, but they're also kind of for well uh, they should have probably been more uh black and white with if they had it in the contract that take two had to be fully repaid for all this then um, i'm sure it was i mean you don't go into those well contracts. i don't i don't see every employee that works at gearbox standing in the conference room while they're signing the contract with take two you know, I'm pretty sure there's like some major representatives of Gearbox that are responsible for all that. And that's where maybe the employees should have asked for a copy of the contract to see they, what they're, was exactly they're required, promised. They're required by law to give it to them. Well, they're, to give it to them, but now whether yeah. or not... Uh, not negotiate it. <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind of like receiving your pay stub. You know, you receive no, it every I, single week, but do you actually honestly look at it every single yeah. week? <laughs> <laughs> we fix the glitch. Like the players association collected, you know, collectively bargained with the owners, but the players didn't decide it. Like the ones, like you know, some hunter didn't decide what he was getting. I the the, the honest you know, truth is, if 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 this was so bad, the situation at Gearbox, then there would be enough people that are, that would have walked out of Gearbox that. Mm -hmm. Gear that Godfall wouldn't be in development right now, but the fact of the matter is, is that you know I am sure. So the other, there was another article. Somebody came out, and I was trying to find it while we were talking. Um, like one of the one of the graphic designers on on Borderlands Three, or one of the one of the developers, you know, working on the game, came out all you know publicly and said. You know, Randy came out and and you know he got everybody together, and it wasn't like he just 
stiffed everybody. He explained what was going on, and he was very open about this this bonus issue. Now, right, wrong, or indifferent, you know, we're we're talking as though uh, you know Randy has a has one of those curly mustaches that he does this and goes <laughs> with, and and I don't think that's the case. He might be a schmuck, but I don't think he's been. I also don't think he's been hiding anything from his employees. Right. So you know, there have been no mass walkouts. Nobody is, you know, six people, six people, you know, snuck behind his back to go talk to Schreier. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm not, I don't know. I, I think this is going to blow over pretty quick. This is a yeah. nice media story, and you know, Randy is a. To be fair, Randy's a good punching bag. He's been for years, but I and and I think that works in his favor because then it's going to be ah, oh, it's just another Randy Pitchford thing, and they're going to move on. Yeah. Here. So, any other final thoughts on that, Shockley? Uh, no. Nope. No. Nope. What level are you at right now in uh, Final Fantasy? <laughs> <laughs> Shit, I can't tell you. Uh, I think. I see where it says level up, but I forgot to see like what level I'm at. I think I'm probably like close to level ten. <laughs> Shockley, are you driving right now? <laughs> it sounds yeah, like yeah, you're yeah. driving. Tell me, Shockley. Tell me the truth, Shockley. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah, he's got an Xbox hooked up in the no, car, driving down the road, podcasting, playing <laughs> Xbox, driving. All right. So yeah, it was I funny guess that one guy was leaving the coalition though, and. People were trying to spin that as like, oh my god, the coalition oh, team. Looked, looked oh right, Rod. Rod that, well, but that's no, the other guy. There was a small guy that was ahead of the, uh, I think the multiplayer part. I forget his name on Twitter. Oh, uh, but he said he was living because of personal reasons. He's taking like time. He's taking a leave of absence or sabbatical or whatever. Well, Dude, with all those things going on right now, I'd say anybody could leave for personal reasons right now. People at my so work I won't be returning. Uh, to here we go. Yeah. <laughs> People at my work left for personal reasons. They just wanted to be home with their family during this whole event, and they yeah. had the money to do that. Mm-hmm. Here we go. I found what I was looking for real, real quick. Um, so Gearbox game director Maxime Babin took to LinkedIn to defend Gearbox CEO Randy Pitchford. Um Basically saying, uh, elaborated that it, that the studio, in fact, received royalty checks and that more are on the way. So it's very possible. Oh, uh, let's see. Following news of the royalty checks breaking, the term Randy Pitcher began trading on Twitter with many criticizing the CEO. Um, in his post, Babin cites Pitchford giving up 30% of Gearbox to the employees. So he's given up a piece of the company to the employees. So I... You know, you got six people that you got six people that snuck over to Shire, but you've got the you've got a game director that's being very vocal and public about defending him. So take that take that as you will. Like I said, I just think it's it's a case of uh, you know someone just airing dirty laundry and which I have a you know, I have a problem with that. Uh, yeah. I have a problem with where you air it. Yeah. So yep, oh, I've learned if you're going to this, the the individual that we all know, you say go on about him an hour. I've learned to take his articles with a grain of salt because I know he's digging hard for some of the people that end up in these articles. Mm-hmm. I uh, he blocked me a while ago because I called him out on his uh, on his BS that you that uh, um, 
uh, that that uh, you know, good journalists can't be objective, or you know, can't be objective about things. I remember that. There's yeah. a fine line between objective and manipulative. And he's manipulative to a. I mean, he he goes at. He's like. He thinks he's he thinks he's the the Aaron Brockovich of the of the game world. <laughs> I, I honestly want to say there's no Pulitzer prizes or whatever awards they give out in gaming journalism. There really isn't. No, that he, there really yeah, is. It's funny when he said Xbox is like way behind, and it's like wait, we still haven't seen the PS5, but now we've seen the Xbox Series X. Uh, who's behind? Yeah. So, anyways, we're gonna let Sorry, all the people. No, you're all good. This is uh, I wanna. <laughs> I don't wanna be the guy that was responsible for uh, creating uh, the TXR Snooze Fest. Um, so I'm gonna <laughs> let all these uh, people guys, get on with their. So Jeremy didn't warn you before I came on the show that usually every show that I end up on, like some three or four three hours. hours. Oh, I've been on some three-hour marathons myself outside of E3. If you're doing E3. Like a live watch or something, I can understand doing the whole event and you're there for multiple hours. Oh, but no. there is sometimes like you're just chatting for like three or four hours. You're like, oh my gosh, this went yeah, on forever. Nothing. Talking about nothing. Yep. Nothing. That, nothing. Nothing. Hey, I will say it's a success. We stayed on gaming and well, gaming topics the entire show. We didn't go off the rails and start going all different kinds of stuff. Exactly. So, anyways, we'll let everybody get on with their uh Easter Sunday, well, outside of Easter, I know not everybody celebrates Easter, but it's still a time for families to get close with each other and uh, kind of appreciate the loved ones around each other with everything going on. But without further ado, we'll start these outros. Uh, we'll start with our guest because I accidentally skipped him at the beginning of the show because I'm a gracious host like that. Uh, so, Mike, where can we find you and what you've been playing lately? Hey, well, first, man, great job. Center. If this was your first time hosting, man, right? I'm telling that was that was top notch, man. Absolutely, I, I appreciate it. Thank you. So, yes, it is uh, my first time ever. Yeah, and I want to thank you guys for uh, having me on. Uh, um, you know, TXR, uh, great friends of of Next Level Gaming, and and um, I know we've shared. So I, I I you know one of my one of the things. I, well, Jeremy knows this. Um, I have an unbelievable amount of respect for TXR and, and number one, what you guys do. I was so happy when TXR was coming back. Um, you know, Southbound's good guy. Tim's a good guy. Uh, Invader, you know, him and I uh, talk a lot. Um, but the, the, there was a, a, a thing where you and us both had Tommy Tallarico, um, in the same week and you guys held your announcement until after, he was on our show, even though that was like four days notice. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I got to tell that that is something that that I and my crew over at NLG will never forget because that was a that was an absolutely huge thing. So you guys, I mean, you are are absolutely our gaming brethren and um, and good, you know, good gamers at, and Xbox guys at that. Um, you know, I love watching I love watching you guys at, at Fan Fest and stuff like that. And uh you know, keep keep doing what you're doing here because this was a lot of fun to be on. You know, it would have been in poor taste for me to uh, not do that. You know, as far as I, I, what you that was unbelievably huge. It really was, and and you guys. And by the way, 
I loved that interview you guys did with him. I mean, you guys got you guys got some great. Um, I if you watch both shows, you got all kinds of great exclusive announcements on both, and and we've tried to let everybody know once they're done watching ours, come watch yours because I mean he's he was just a a, a great great guest for you guys too, and it, and it was really um, the professionalism was off the charts. So. Uh, you know, you guys, I've loved the guests that you guys are, are, are getting and, and I just, this is a great show and I love listening to it. And when I can sneak into the chat, um, I do. So, um, so for us, um, we are, so the, the channel that, that we have is the original next level gaming. You can find us on YouTube. Um, if you actually put in next level gaming in the, uh, in the, uh, search, I believe we're the first or second one there. And uh, our show comes on Thursday nights at 9.30. Uh, and um, you can find me on uh, Twitter at, uh, at StingerNLG, uh, as also on Xbox as StingerNLG, and on uh, PlayStation for what little I do on that as uh, the original NLG. So uh, I think Sweet. that's everywhere you can find Yeah, I think that's everywhere you can find me. All righty. And now, Downer, what you've been playing? And well, actually, wait a minute, Mike. What have you been playing? You didn't answer that. I just realized that <laughs> it's all right. Um, what have I been playing? So, Fantasy Star Online Two. <laughs> that was that's that's taken up a good bit of my time because that just took me back to my youth. And I've been doing some retro gaming. So, um, recently picked up Wipeout and Road Rash for the Sega Saturn. So I've been putting some nice and. Um, just doing, I, I've found myself digging back into my Saturn and Dreamcast library a little more than I've anything else right now. Sure to change the batteries on Do your you memory cards. G yeah. Oh, <laughs> so it's funny you mentioned that because I, a month ago, did exactly that. I went to Home Depot and I got a bunch of those, I think it's 30, 32 batteries and replaced every freaking one of them in my VMUs. <laughs> yeah, don't forget to change FPGA. don't forget to change that battery in that sega saturn buddy oh man i you know those what pains in the butts well the saturn yeah. itself has an internal battery yeah that's how it kept so hey chris yeah. chris in the chat it came a little late but that's all right <clears throat> all you right have a, uh, fpga for that saturn no, but I got the Hyperkin cable, which okay. does a phenomenal job, actually. Um, it's one of the few HDMI cables that actually, I mean, it looks legit. And it's got a switch on it that can switch back and forth between 4x3 and 16x9. Yeah, that one guy, I forget his name, uh, Pro Professor Abrasive, he's making a uh, kind of a card that you slide in the back of where that battery is for the right. Saturn. So hopefully that's coming out soon. But I mean, if you really wanted to, you could also do SCART. I mean, if you wanted to go that route, yeah. you could do well, that'll allow you to run them off of SD cards instead of the this. Oh, I see what you mean. The one that I really want is the um, the mega the uh, whatever they call it the mega thing that you could plug into a Genesis that that puts your Sega CDs and stuff. Oh, on. mega SD, yeah. Yes, that that's what I really want. For the Sega set or for the yeah, Sega CD. Yeah. Yeah, so that when did I really want. Game consoles turn into car modifications. Dude, so <laughs> I, have you got you guys know the Polymega 
sorry to, to bring it off course a little no, bit, but I know what that is. so the poly mega is supposed to be this um, kind of all in one uh, retro console. Uh, it's got a base unit that has um, that plays Sega CD, Sega Saturn, PlayStation one and Neo Geo CD. And then you can buy uh, expand expansion modules that sit on it that do the cartridges. I was, I was all in on one of that until the base unit price came out. It's four hundred dollars. That's just that's too rich for my blood. Yeah. Wow. So, to be fair, though, if you go to a, a retro shop, a uh, uh, Genesis and Sega CD will cost you close. Yep. So, I just don't have that kind of money. My oh. money's on the my money's on the Amico at the end of the year. The yep. I actually thought about getting one of those just to have around the house I'm, for me and my wife. I'm a founder. I got the founder's edition. Yeah, it's really awesome that that's actually uh, taking off for him. You know, he's being as successful as he as he because he's putting some of those numbers out there on Twitter. I'm happy for him. I really am. I'm and I'm happy for the brand. I, I grew. That's that's the that was the one I got. I had that over the uh, 2600. Still do. I still got a plethora of games and a and an Intellivision too. I just. Uh, the the Amigo is of all the consoles, uh, that's the one that I've got pre-ordered. I don't even think because I've got an X that I love. I don't even think I've been on the Series X at launch. Ah, mm. not for Sorry, me. Sorry, I, 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 I want I want my Obelisk on my entertainment center. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> but keeping the outros going, Downer. Where can we find you and what you've been playing? So I do want to take this time, uh, you know, to thank Mike uh, for coming on the show. You did a tremendous job, Mike. Uh, really happy I asked you. Um, but just keep doing what you're doing, man. I, kn I know your your team at uh, NLG is very passionate about gaming. You know, sometimes I wish uh, these guys on here were equally as passionate. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, we need, hey, we need to do some. I want we need to do some crossovers. We got to get you guys. We got to get some of you guys on, um, on our show. I really, I and I talked to Invader about this. I really wish had had E three gone on as planned. Um, him and I were talking about the prospect of doing the 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 big um, Microsoft conference uh, live show with you guys. Yeah, uh, you know what? I'm sure they'll have like a. That, I was gonna say that could still be on. Hopefully, Invader's listening. If not, one of us will talk to him. But yeah, we all know that Microsoft is doing digital events until 2021. They're true, they're not man. gonna be. They would be fools just to go radio silent. No, they're going to, and they're gonna have something in in June. We just don't know what so, it is yet. So, Mike, what platform do you use for your podcast? OBS. So, how many? And Skype. OBS max? and Skype. Okay, what's so you're the max Skype? you can have on your show. I've had, I mean, it's what I can fit. I've had, um, okay. I mean, I've so had yeah, let's, eight. So let's talk after to see what we can do about, um, you know, maybe we can do a crossover or something like that. Okay. I think and I've got, good. I mean, and I've done, <laughs> I've done them where, where we've done them on both. So, you know, I can, I OBS can multi-stream. So I cool. can, with a, if there's like a, if StreamYard had a, had a key i could put into obs yeah. you guys we could we could have them on both channels so okay we, yeah we we'll, we'll figure out. it out when the time comes but um i did want to say uh you know your your channels come a long way uh, i think you do a tremendous job um and Thank you've you. grown so much you know you guys do great interviews 
Um, you know, and that's what TXR was known for in the past. Now you guys are known for that. So uh, you, know. you guys, you guys have some great guests. I I love listening to the folks you have on. So you know, so tell your team. Uh, you know, you know, just keep at it and keep doing a good job. You know, like yourself. Uh, you know, we come from a retro background, old school gaming, and I was a big Sega fan. Um, you guys don't know us know this, but I used to import a lot of my uh, Sega stuff. So back in the days, you know, I was a big uh, a fan of importing games like you know that weren't didn't come out on the Sega Saturn. That you you know games like Radiant Silver Gun. And, I have that. Uh, yeah, and you know I had Burning Rangers first when it came out, and you know I just Grandio when it came out on the mm-hmm. on the Sega Saturn. I imported everything. I also had my Dreamcast six months before everybody else mm-hmm. when I imported it. Paid six hundred dollars for it at the time. Yep. <laughs> and uh yeah, so and worth every penny. Oh yeah, absolutely. I was worth a little bummed when penny. Sega went under and I and still it affects me to this yep. day. Um, but yeah, it's all my, I pa- my version of Power Stone is an import. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So thanks, Mike. Uh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me, honestly. You didn't tell us where we could find you and what you've been playing. I said I wanted to take that time to. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. What have you been playing? Yeah. You know, so I just passed Ori 2 and uh, Resident Evil 3. Uh, just passed both of those. Now I'm looking at my thousand game library, deciding what I want to play next. So uh, I'm not sure yet. I was trying to get into control. I think I was. Uh, I'm gonna play that next. So I think that's, that's a good game. You haven't played that's, control? No, I've played it, but um I haven't played it. You know, I gotta sit down and play it through. Oh dude, I I, I don't want to say I got I 100 percented it. I don't got all the achievements, but I mean I went yeah. I went all the way with that game as far as I could. It's a fantastic game. I knew once I popped it in and I played it for five minutes that it was gonna be a special game. But all right. Um, don't want to tell people where you can find you. Yeah, you can find me on Xbox Live at Downer Space J. All right. Shockley, do you got a chance to put down Final Fantasy VII for a second and uh, tell us where we can find you? <laughs> yeah, you can uh, find me at Shock Nero on Twitter, Easy Shock on Xbox Live. But yeah, I've been uh, obviously playing Final Fantasy VII Remake recently. Uh, downloaded the. Uh, was it uh, Resident Evil 3 on Steam? Um, and running through that, that game looks pretty sick. Uh, probably would have got it on Xbox, but I didn't know they were going to patch in the performance but <laughs> to fix the whole performance issue that was going on. But, uh, but yeah, that's what I've been playing so far. Right on. I mean, it looks nice. It looks nice in 60K. I'd rather have it at 4K. It drops the... Uh, yeah. It drops the resolution a little bit, but I, you know, I'm not a big fan of 60 FPS. Um, I'm just not. I like my games looking nice and crisp. So, so you you prefer resolution Metro, over frame rate? Yeah. yeah, all the time. Absolutely. Wow. Okay. If you, I was playing Metro on PC and it dropped below 60 and it just felt like, oh yeah, but, like you can. Yeah, it does. 
That is the first time. I think you're one of the first people I have come across that actually would rather have the resolution. Now, I'm not saying it's a, that's right or wrong, but you're no, one of the yeah. first people that you're one of the first people that I've actually heard that would take resolution over frame rate. Yeah, I'm a Rezo guy. Now, like okay, I, I will defend Downer on that because I actually do feel I feel that way about seventy percent of the way. It wasn't until I did my video with Destiny 2 where I compared uh, 30 frames a second to 60 frames a second because I used uh, the 30 frames off my Xbox and I used the 60 off of my uh, PC here. And now the thing is, though, my PC monitor is not 4K, but I mean, I could see the detail that was in the trees and stuff like that because the trees move more fluidly. I could see the argument on how the environment is more natural feeling at 60 frames a second because you don't have that jaggedness in the movement of everything. Uh, yeah. But for me, I will say right now, I am a sucker for eye candy. Um, yeah. It's a whole reason why Journey mm -hmm. to the Savage Planet was on my radar in the first place. Just watching the trailers for that game, you're like, holy cow, somebody really made an eye-popping game. And you know, that definitely, okay. you know, in situations like that, I don't, I'm kind of like right there with Downer. Yeah, there's something to be seen playing, uh, you know, a title like God of War. You know, I know it's not true 4K, but it's in higher resolution on your, on your PS4 Pro, uh, even at 30 frames per second, uh, you know, with the UHD and the uh, HDR fully, you know, it just, it just looks great. Um, you know, so yeah, fair and 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 even on the base console. So I, I that's fair, that's fair. Third person isn't as bad, but if you're playing 30 FPS on a like a first person shooter, you really start to feel it. I will definitely say with Rage Two is where I really kind of preferred 60 frames a second. I liked the fluid movement of Rage Two. Yeah, and Mike, you can attest to this, but man, you know, in the Sega Saturn days, we we hit what. 15 frames per second, 20 frames per second. <laughs> some of these Saturn games, bro. Yeah. Come on. You, so you gotta be... yep. But let me tell you, man, Virtua Fighter 2 was locked and <laughs> and gorgeous locked 60 frames. Mm. Mm -mm. The Dreamcast was where that where that frame rate was at. Yeah. There were there were so many. I mean, there mm. were very few games that that did not. Hit that six, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm, mm, mm. Well, alrighty. Um, huge shout out to the awesome Invader Gaming who could not be here tonight. He uh, had some family stuff going on, along with Southbound Megatron and Tim Dog. Huge shout out to them as well. All having family stuff going on. But a huge thank you to everybody here, especially you, Mike, for uh, taking time out on Easter Sunday. Um, you know, just on short notice like literally hey the show starts in five minutes can you get here um, yeah. so really hey my pleasure we jews don't have much to do tonight so <laughs> <laughs> oh man but yeah definitely thank you for being here uh so i'm centurion 1307 you can always find me on youtube twitter and xbox live at centurion 1307
Um, I also do other shows, uh, but tonight I won't hype another show because I am hosting the TXR podcast. Thanks to Invader for trusting me with that responsibility. Uh, if you would like to tune into more episodes of the TXR podcast, you can also find us on X, uh, YouTube at the TXR podcast and also on Twitter. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in tonight, and we'll see you next week. Peace. Play on, gamers.